the relationship between staff, labor, and leadership needs to be rebuilt so that trust and confidence can be restored. Reports of threatening behavior, bullying, and retaliation must be reviewed. Well, Mazetta Jones right there. This, though, has been a top priority for Governor McKee since taking office, fixing long-running problems at Eleanor Slater Hospital. This morning, I spoke with the relatively new director of Buddha, Dr. Richard Charest, about patient care, millions of dollars in billing problems, and what he's doing to make improvements. Take a listen. The hospital has gained accreditation again after a preliminary denial in June over unsafe conditions ranging from a deteriorating building to uh, concerns over patient care. Have all of the conditions cited in that joint commission report been addressed? So with the help of a lot of agencies within the state, including the governor's office, we've made remarkable accomplishment addressing um, a lot of the things that were cited. So many of the building issues that were cited have been resolved. We continue to work on a new of the building items, you know, namely the, the foot in the kitchen and uh, a couple of items related to the fire marshal's review. But we've made remarkable progress on uh, these improvements uh, since I've been here, frankly, in a very, very short period of time because of the interagency cooperation. The Joint Commission coming back in six to eight months, well, they want to make sure all of the issues are resolved. Will you pass that check? So just for clarification, we are fully accredited. The fact that they're coming back in six to eight months is merely an opportunity for them to verify that we're continuing to make progress on the things that we said we were going to do in the plan of correction that we had sent that. Going back to the Joint Commission report from when they did issue that preliminary denial of accreditation, there were some very disturbing findings, to put it frankly, um, a patient in danger of falling in a wheelchair in the parking lot, and then there was the nurse telling the patient to go shoot themselves back in 2019. And more recently, which was not issued in the report, but just happened about a month ago, was the eye gouging incident. What's your message to the public about this? Because I see this and I think, wow, this hospital doesn't know what it's doing. So that's not the case. I will tell you that several agencies have come through. So the Joint Commission, uh, CMS most recently, uh, an independent review by the Hospital Association and even Butler have come through and have all remarked at the level of care that we're providing as being exceptional here. And so some of these incidents that have occurred to my mind may result from information not making, not being able to be sent up to people that make decisions. And so to that end, what we're doing is we're improving what we call a culture of safety. So the culture of safety is essentially an environment where people feel non-threatened and that they will not be retaliated against for sending information up to administration that needs to be addressed. So when this information reaches the decision makers that have the ability to improve these conditions, you know, these conditions would be improved. So in relatively short order, these uh, issues have been addressed. So you have been addressing any concerns, though, within the workplace involving these incidents where you are making it easier for employees to come forward? We are. I mean, we've done a couple of things. Now, actually, we've done several things. The first thing is we've uh, just inked the contract to have a 1-800 line made available to employees so they can call this number with any information that they want to get to my level. And um, it goes to an outside agency. And when that information is sent to me, their identifiers are redacted. So they don't feel threatened about submitting information to administration. 
And frankly, we want to have a culture that promotes information. If they see something that they feel is unsafe, we need to be made aware of it so we can address those situations. That's just the way it should be happening. And so we're doing that. We're creating a patient safety committee where the employees will be able to participate on things that they think we need to be improving in order to create this culture of safety. I walk around to the different buildings of the hospital and I talk to the employees without any supervisors with me, just myself and somebody that's uh, you know, bringing me to the different areas to talk to employees about what's going on at their level to make sure that I'm getting feedback from all levels of the organization. And I'm hearing from the employees that there has been positive movement. And even in the short time that I've been here, they're sensing positive movement and improvement so that we are uh, making strides that even the uh, employees are like. I know that there's also some billing issues that we can talk about. So Eleanor Slater, as I understand it, is supposed to resume billing for Medicare and Medicaid services in November. Um, but they stopped billing in 2019, costing the state roughly $200 million. Retroactively, Rhode Island is supposed to get back some of that money. But Governor McKee said there's a chunk of time that we won't get money back for. What is that chunk of time? How much money are we talking about? We um, are going to be billing from last April through June 30th of 2021. There's some of the patients that we had billed for uh, uh, back in April of 2020, uh, we were billing for the rest of those that weren't billed at that time all the way through the end of June. Starting in May of 2021, because we became an IMD, which stands for an Institute of Mental Disease, that essentially means that we're treating more psychiatric patients than we are treating medical patients. And when that happens, there are certain populations that we cannot bill for. But for the population that we are going to go and collect money for, we expect to have uh, federal matching dollars come into the state north of about $40 million. $40 million that we'd be getting retroactively. Correct. Right. So that's still a large chunk of that $200 million that we are not getting back. I know that you weren't um, responsible for a lot of this because you weren't even in the position yet, but... What would you say to taxpayers now who assumed that a state hospital and an agency that oversees the hospital would have had a handle on this and wouldn't have lost state money? First of all, that $200 million goes back more than a year. And so I just want to put it in context. Generally, on an annual basis, we would be expecting approximately $60 million. So some of those dollars... Um, could have been attributed to the forensic population, which we are not billing for. So, we so about bill. 20 million is what we're talking about that we aren't getting back. That we're not eligible to get back, frankly. Right. So we're not uh, eligible to bill for forensic patients and draw down federal dollars. And so that's the delta of what we're not going to be getting uh, for the retro payments. So do you have a message for taxpayers who again see that 20 million or see the gap in when we started having more psychiatric patients than medical patients and say, why were there these billing issues? Shouldn't the state have known better? Shouldn't the hospital have known better? Because questions were raised and the implications of what happens if you do bill and you were not eligible to bill, I think the actions that the state took were prudent to stop billing temporarily until we could sort these facts out. And now that we know we can bill, we are moving forward, billing going down as much of the federal government as we can possibly do.
I know that this isn't just Eleanor Slater by any means. Staffing is an issue in the healthcare industry across the country right now. We've seen it here in Rhode Island from nursing homes to hospitals. Senator Jessica De La Cruz tweeted that 129 job vacancies aren't Eleanor Slater right now. What are you guys doing to address these staffing issues when you have a group of patients that really need constant care? Yeah, no, it's an excellent question. So we uh, that number is accurate. Actually, I met with Senator De La Cruz last week and I gave, gave her that information. So as of last year, compared to last year at this time, there were 129 more employees. Of those, 89 of those are direct care workers. All of those positions have been reposted. So we're now looking to fill them and we've already received several applications to backfill those positions. Let's talk about recovery services. The department recently announced the Amani Breakthrough Recovery Project, and the specific purpose of this is to help combat the opioid epidemic in underserved communities. From what I've read, that's getting over $877,000 in federal funds. But I've also heard other addiction treatment services saying that their federal funding is getting cut this year. Did the funding of this new project have to come on the backs of cutting other services? The answer to that is no. The Amani Project is a faith-based recovery program that $800,000 is over. It's a four-year uh, grant program. And so it's not $800,000 in one year. Um, and that program... Um, what is consistent with the strategic plan that the recovery community and the governor's task force had developed uh, to ensure that we're reaching populations that we otherwise might not reach. Regarding the, um, the lack of funding for the other recovery providers, that was a series of grants that we had received from SAMHSA that were beginning to time out, if you will. And so the gap uh, related to uh, uh, a grant that was winding down. And so uh, we were able to work with the communities and other agencies to restore that funding for another year. And then in this interim, uh, which I've pledged to this group that we would be more transparent in the process, we're now in the, uh, going to have to figure out when these grant funds expire in another year, how we're gonna sustain the operation um, using other sources of revenue or other sources of, of income. We also have a new report that I'm sure you're well aware of. It's uh, the assessment that was done by um, Health and Human Services Secretary Wilmazetta Jones that was given to Governor McKee. And she kind of had some concerning findings when it came to behavioral health and addiction services, including service gaps, particularly in those two areas. Are we invested so much in the opioid epidemic that we're forgetting other addictions, whether that be different drugs or alcohol? I just want to remind everybody that the secretary's report was generated uh, last June or this past June, and that we've done a lot of work to address some of the findings that she's had, and we've made some good progress. But I will tell you, um, one of the positions that I'm recruiting as part of my leadership team is a new director of the behavioral health division. So Buddha has, you know, developmental, intellectual and developmental disabilities and has behavioral health and it has the hospital. And so we're working on uh, um, finding a director that, of behavioral health to move forward. And part of the responsibilities of this new individual in conjunction with 
myself and other members of the agency uh, to evaluate the behavioral health continuum so that we can take steps that will be necessary to ensure that if there is a piece of the continuum that's missing, that we develop it to make sure that we're not having backlogs in other parts of the continuum. Do you personally see right now a piece that is missing? What I personally see right now is that we have patients that are backing up in emergency rooms from a behavioral health perspective. And so we're, we need to work with uh, both private and public agencies to uh, solve how that's not going to happen going forward. The report also found, and I'm quoting this part, inadequate oversight and coordination of services and contracts, kind of what you were just touching on. When was the last time that you personally reviewed these contracts? Have you taken a good look at them and said, this is working, this isn't working, we need to change this? When I first came in, one of the first things that I did, <clears throat> excuse me, was reorganize the agencies based on functional use or functional um, um, capabilities. And so after we reorganized, the agencies uh, based on functionality. <clears throat> I have a section of the agency that is specifically charged with overseeing grant funding. So not only going out to find additional grant sources, but evaluating the current uh, grants that are in place, managing the grants, ensuring that we're complying with federal guidelines. And so, and I've looked at um, the list of grants that we have. And, and as I sit here today, I'm satisfied with the process now that we've realigned roles uh, into functional roles. Lastly here, I want to talk about Buddha as an entire department because it's very large. You have many responsibilities. Have there been any conversations about restructuring the department? It's an excellent question. It is a very, very large agency. But I will tell you, it's not too large an agency to manage when you have an excellent, excellent leadership team that's around you. So part of what I've been doing is making sure that I have top-notch leaders that I'm working with. Because obviously I can't do all of this alone. I can only work effectively through the good leaders that I surround myself with. Most recently, we've recruited Dr. Elmer McCants-Katz to be the Buddha Chief Medical Officer. And in, in that position, she also serves as the Chief Medical Officer for Eleanor Slater Hospital. She brings a wealth of experience and she brings frankly, historical experience, but she was here from 2015 to 2017. And so although the agency is large, as long as you have highly qualified individuals and competent leadership overseeing the various sections, working in collaboration with me, I think it's very important. Um, I'll give you the last word here. Is there anything else that you would like to say about Buddha, Eleanor Slater, any of the topics that we mentioned? I would just like to say that um, you know, certainly Buddha and especially Eleanor Slater Hospital, uh, both are an important resource for the citizens of Rhode Island. And we're going to make sure that we work very hard, that we're not only providing the best care, but that we have continuity of care going forward into the future.